Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. On today's episode, we talk to Nicole Vicks. Nicole is a massage therapist and energy healer. On today's episode, you're going to learn how she transformed epic loss and internal suffering to discovering her life's purpose. We talk to her about the importance of self-care, loving your body, building healthy relationships, and the power of continually evolving. So let's get into today's episode. Hey y'all, it's Randy. There is a trigger warning for this episode. If you are listening to this episode and you feel triggered, please just go ahead and skip forward to the next incredible episode. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast with your host, Randy and Catherine. This is a space for powerful women to share their story and to be real and raw about the truth of living your life's purpose. Any topic is fair game. We check gossip at the door so we can focus on building community and collaboration. This podcast will help you discover your individual power and give you the tools to live your most uplifted life. So let's find out what's uplifting you today. All right, welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we have Nicole Vicks here to talk with us. And Nicole works for the state of Hawaii at the Juvenile Detention Facility. But she is also a massage therapist and owns her own business, Therapeutic Massage by Nicole. And her mission is to empower women to help heal themselves. And she also is a member of Women Speak which is a public speaking group for women. And she is also one of my personal training clients and one of my dear friends. So welcome, Nicole, to the Uplifting Podcast. All right. So we're just going to like dive right in so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your story and what got you to where you are today to, you know, start your own business in massage? Well, um, I'm originally from North Carolina. I came here um, to HPU in 95, straight out of high school. And I came here for, yeah, came here for school, marine biology, but I ended up graduating in law. That didn't work out financially. So I said, okay, I got to do something else that's going to bring me money like right now. I need income right now because my background is in family law. That's very modest, very modest salary. You have to be in it because you love it. I love it, but there's no money and I have bills. So I went to school for massage therapy and ended up loving it. And it became my passion, my second passion along with law. So from there, I started taking advanced classes and um, ended up being a Reiki um, energy healer practitioner. And that pretty much led me up to wanting to be my own business owner. And it's ironic because it was like a 360. When I was younger, I was like, I don't want to be a business owner because it's too much work. I'm not going to put the time and effort into it. But then I got a piece of the pie and started working with my own clients and saw how amazing it was to be my own boss and not giving people half of my money from giving them all of my energy. So I said, well, something's got to give. I said, well, I don't have a car. I didn't have a car at the time. So I was like, well, I'm going to get around. But that didn't stop me. And then this year I got a car. And now I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm up and going now. And I'm, I, I quit my job that I had for a year and a half um, when I recently got licensed last year. Well, a couple of, now it's a couple of years. And I do events now. 
when I quit my job. So I took that risk of me having to hustle more and to go out and meet more people compared to the stability of having a job that I would go to every day. But, um, but, I, but I was up for that. I was open. It was time. Um, it was time for my car to start making me money because it is another bill. Um, so now um, I have a gig that I do every month now for one of my friends at a party. And um, the clients are coming in through networking through that party. So I'm like on like maybe like four pages of clients now. So the blessings are coming. So that's incredible. Um, and especially for women, how do you feel like what you do as a massage therapist? How do you feel like that empowers women? I feel that that empowers women because I help them to take a step back and to realize that self-care is imperative. And as women, I feel that we are the foundation of mostly everything, including the home. And if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not maintaining, um, you're not um, thinking of yourself first before you can put your energy into anything else, whether it's people, your family, or any projects, you're gonna you're be pretty much half-assed. So, you have to take care of yourself first. And that's why I like to, um, to reiterate to women when they come to me and also to, to help them heal through um, being uh, practicing Reiki and being a Reiki practitioner, um, balancing them out, um, helping them feel rejuvenated once they get off my table or once they leave my session. Um, and just reiterating that, don't forget about yourself. Um, know that you're as, you're as important as what you're putting your energy into and if your energy is not 100%, then you're pretty much cheating not only yourself, but you're cheating, you're cheating other people. Um, and in order to uh, move forward, full force and bulldoze forward, you have to be 100% with yourself. And why do you think that so, women, so many women struggle to prioritize self-care or maybe feel like self-care is selfish? I think for women, we, we hold a lot on our shoulders because by nature, we're, we're just a nurturing type and we're, and we're emotional. We, we want to help everybody. And we, we oftentimes forget that we are important too. Um, women also have to believe in themselves and that they have to have that self-love. They have to have a great support system and they also have to have a positive of self-image and body image. And if they don't have that, then how are you going to love yourself? Your self-esteem is low. And then two, um, I think the pressure that society places upon us as women, that we are supposed to portray this certain image, um, that that plays a, a major part. If we don't look a certain way, if uh, we don't do this or that, or we don't have the power and, and just constantly being compared to men. Um, I think that plays a major part as well. Um, ultimately, I think we just need to believe more in ourselves, um, self-care, self-love, have positive body images and just engulf ourselves around the same people that um, exert that energy. And yeah, you did touch on body image and how we have this negative body image for the most part. How are you shedding light on this problem and how are you working to solve this problem, especially through massage therapy or other, other avenues? Um, for me, um, having issues with my own body image and being bullied and made fun of as a child and throughout most of my life in um, abusive relationships, um, I try to instill in women that uh, there are queens 
um, both African-American and just any woman of any race, because ultimately we're all sisters. Um, we're all working. We should be working towards the ultimate goal of um, not being competitive with each other and to uplift and empower. So what I try to do um, is just kind of shed that light, that, that positive energy and, just through the amazing women that I've met over the course of the, the past few months, just um, encourage them, you know, um, make sure that they believe that they are worthy, um, that we're not, we're not all perfect. It's an illusion. Um, perfect is in your mind is what society has said. This, I, don't, I, I mean, we've discussed it um, in the women's speak that, that perfect, that, that everyone's perfect. They have been perfectly perfect because the flaws make you who you are and it makes you an individual. But what really is perfect? So we have to kind of uh, step away from that mindset and just be an individual and be like, I'm perfect. It, it doesn't matter that I'm like 200 pounds and I have to be 120 or I'm 120 and I'm too skinny and now I have a, a eating disorder and now I got to, you know, uh, binge to, or purge to eat or whatnot. And, um, and in my sessions through balancing out my clients, um, they, they feel at peace. They're more accepting. They're ready to go out and like take on the world. And um, just with um, our own um, femininity and our divine energy as a woman, I think that, um, uh, and because we're, we're so emotional and we're so nurturing, that that plays a major part in connecting with other women. And it's easier coming from um, uh, a softer force, so, so to speak, um, to encourage them. It's just easier because come, I mean, not because men, men understand, but they really don't understand what it is to be a woman. And I think, um, woman to woman, uh, we have that power, that divine power to, um, encourage and empower other women. And it makes them feel like they're worthy no matter what. And just, just to keep going and don't listen to what everybody says. Don't listen to what society says. We can do whatever the hell we want to do just like men and do it better. We, we, we have, we have that power. The power is way different than the power that men have. They have their own power, but we also have it too. Absolutely. So I know you said that you've struggled with, you know, being bullied and your own body image issues. How did you overcome them to now be at a place where you're empowering other women? Um, at one point, uh, when I was in my mid-20s, I, I started to work out because at that time I wanted to join the Air Force. So I started training on my own, running and uh, working out, doing Pilates, doing aerobics. And that for me, um, it, 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 it uplifted my, my body image of how I saw myself. Um, so the lowest, so, I, so the biggest I've been was maybe like about, over, about 300 pounds. And then when I was working out, I dropped down to my lowest at 170. Mm -hmm. But during that two years that I was that small, I, I was... I would say I was the most healthy and most uplifted because of my, how I saw myself um, inside and out. I knew I was beautiful inside, but I didn't realize that I was beautiful on the outside, even with my flaws and my cellulite and my extra layers of skin. Um, but I realized that I'm, I'm me. So I accepted myself. And then um, I discovered um, Women Speak and I discovered other likewise women and discovered Randy and she's just amazing with self-love and she's just a beast in the gym. And it's like, that has played a major part in my confidence as well. And um, another good friend of mine that um, I connected with last year, um, who surprisingly is a male, but I've known him for quite some time and God blessed him and placed him in my life. And he's very encouraging, very supportive. And he had me reached a lot of goals. Um, uh, to help me reach that confidence level and be able to be confident to uh, demand attention 
and talking to people and um, socializing both in the network of uh, the, the professional and the uh, networking um, scene. Um, and then two, um, I had the opportunity to travel abroad and use my passport. So I had the opportunity to see a facet amount of women that were my size, smaller and bathing suits and just doing her thing and even luscious, big, beautiful women such as myself. And it just gave me like, uh, just a boost of just positivity and I was I found myself going up to these women like you know what thank you for being half naked on this cruise with me um and you're just beautiful and um and then going to a, a friend's party that I now have I'm um, doing events with her with for massage I've never had a two-piece bikini on ever ever since I was like 18 and I think last year I actually was like screw it on 190 and I was confident enough to do that and now the events are new events so when I came back from my cruise, I took it upon myself, the initiative to just stand in the mirror and just look at myself like really hardcore, not study, not criticize, but just look at myself and be like, if I want to be confident, how am I going to move to the next level? What am I going to do or what am I going to say to myself to move to the next level to feel even more confident and more powerful as a woman? And I just start doing that and start telling myself positive affirmations like, oh, girl, you're beautiful. Like, you know what? You see 300 pounds. You lost a lot of weight. You can do this. You know, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do. And just and just kept telling myself that every day. And so I was comfortable. Now I don't even want to wear any clothes. But I know I have to. I wish I could just go outside and not wear any clothes. It's, it's like um, it uh, took a weight off my no, shoulders really to, to be that free. About the- oh, sorry. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, well, but, um, but, but it definitely, um, it changed my whole view of my body image and self image and self love just by just letting a whole bunch of stuff go. And this was like, screw it and just do it. It's definitely freeing. Yeah. I hear a lot of things, you know, you touched on really surrounding yourself with other people who are going to empower you and uplift you and, finding ways to move your body, like you said, that make you feel empowered. Cause I feel like so often we're told that we have to like do this workout or this, or this is the best way to get the six pack abs. And really it's just yeah. about finding a way that you feel empowered moving your body. Yeah. Um, and just to take action. Right. And like not allow yes. you to hold you back. Like right. you said, you know, you haven't worn a two piece in so long, but you didn't let that hold you back. You like, Nicole says this all the time. She bulldozes forward and chose to take that action and now feels comfortable walking around on cruises naked. Hey. Yes! <laughs> Photos are next, hopefully. Yes! <laughs> I love it. You know, I wanted to touch on something that you brought up before. Um, you had talked about being bullied when you were younger. I'm curious to kind of know a couple things about that. One, I guess the story behind that, what that was like. Two, what that made you feel and how that uh, shifted you into what you do now. And also three, kind of random, who was it? Like, was it other women? Was it men? Well, younger, older? Go. <laughs> all of that. Oh, that's a lot of questions. Okay, let me see if I can tackle all that and remember. Okay, so uh, pretty much... Uh, I was I was a chubby baby. I was I was a little chub chub. Um, so growing up, um, it was mostly by ironically, it wasn't so much just by females. It was the males. Mm-hmm. And when the males did it, the females joined in. So everybody was cliquish when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like I said, I was I was almost three hundred pounds, and 
I, I wasn't really popular. I, I was very awkward. I was a nerd. I was in academia. So it was very hard for me to make friends. So uh, that for me uh, was depressing. It was very hard. And, and two, growing up in my, um, my brother's shadow, he was the athletic one. He was um, the sociable one. So anybody that I pretty much met, it was through my brother. And we were so like night and day, sociable, extrovert, um, going out to parties, hanging out with friends, cousins, family. And then there's me just tagging along, that awkward little, little fatty girl. And, and then one day my brother got tired of me crying all the time and being depressed. So what he did, he used to, he used to walk me to and from school when my, when my dad did. My dad at the time was disabled. So uh, he said, you know what? At one point in your life, you got you to gotta, you gotta make a stand against people who mistreat you. So what he did from this, this one particular guy that used to bully me and make fun of me all the time, my brother was walking me home. And then after, there was, there was like a, a whole lot of us girls and boys. And some brother was like, okay, you're gonna stand up, here, stand up to him today. Like, we're not leaving until you either fight him, beat his butt or cuss him out or something. Because I'm just, I'm just tired of you coming home depressed crying all the time. And my mom and dad really didn't know. And, and I was really close to my brother. So uh, it happened and I chased him and ran after him with an umbrella and was about to kill him. With and an umbrella? Yes, with an umbrella. My brother was like, do it or it's, it's, it's like fight or not because you're not going home. You're, you're, you need to face this. Um, you need to get it together because it's, go it's going to affect you when you get older. Um, and he, you know, he was running on my brother. My brother called him, threw him back into like a little circle or whatever. And uh, yeah, we pretty much had a couple of licks. And after that, that was pretty much it. But um, it, it, it was sad that it had to come that, that you had to fight um, to be accepted. Um, but I'm glad that my brother made me do that because I, I gained a little bit of confidence and respect. So as I got older and I grew up and in, and I lost all that baby fat, as my doctor told my mom, um, the confidence stopped coming. The guys that kind of picked at me but, but didn't bully me they started looking so i was like okay i'm, I'm okay i can do this you know so that's the, the confidence came uh when i was 18 mm -hmm. and just the support from my brother and empowering me to accept myself and to love myself and and pretty much just be you um if you're a nerd or if you're overly luscious or if you're fat or if you have cellulite or if you're weird own it be the be the best that, that that you can be so he played um a phenomenal role in um my confidence and me uh become my own leader and having my own thing so when i came out here to college that's amazing so you talked a lot about your family and i know you know you have a really powerful story nicole about loss and if you feel comfortable sharing it with our listeners I just think it's such a powerful story of how you can overcome so much. So if you feel comfortable sharing that, we would love for you to share a little bit about um, your story of loss. Um, absolutely. Um, so when I was 13, I lost my dad um, to a massive heart attack. Um, basically, my, my, my dad died in my mom's arms outside of, uh, outside of our home in the driveway. 
And uh, we didn't know, me and my brother didn't know until she uh, came in and told us that, uh, you know, dad's gone and he died on Christmas Eve. Um, that when I, that's when I, back in 89. Um, me, I, I was a daddy's girl. Um, I was close to both of my parents, but my brother was a little bit closer. So his avenue that he took was to isolate himself and to pretty much go for the bad. Um, hang out with my cousin, be in the streets, uh, that thug way of life, um, so to speak. Um, me, I just became kind of closed off after my, my, my dad passed away. And I, but it, it, it made me and my mom even closer. So I became a mommy's girl, which, which I always was too, but I'm always gonna be a daddy's girl. And then um, just, um, it made my mom, it made my mom and my brother's relationship uh, more turbulent because dad wasn't there. That was a major void in his life. Um, 10 years after that, um, when I was already, um, here, um, at Hawaii Pacific University, um, I knew my mom was sick for some time and I called her on Pacific days and I knew that if she was sick, she was in the hospital. So I, I had that ritual that I was calling. She wasn't home or she was at work. I would automatically call the hospital. Um, so, uh, one day, um, just one of those days that I usually call my mom, I, I called home. And didn't get an answer. I called work, didn't get an answer. I said, okay, let me call the hospital. Because I'm like, okay, mom's just probably in the hospital. You know, she's not answering one of those two places she's going to be at work. Uh, unfortunately, this call was a little different. Because um, usually I, I would call the nurse's desk, give the name, and they would connect me to her room. This time uh, was, a, was a different feeling. Because when I called the desk, the nurse was like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, hold on. And then somebody else got on the phone. It was a doctor. So they confirmed my identity and um and who my mom was. And then it was at that moment that I found out that my mom was DOA to the hospital um, when I was way over here in school. Um, eventually I found out that my mom had cancer. She had a very rare form of cancer. And uh I'm guessing it was maybe like a a, a few months, or I wouldn't say more than like a year, maybe six months. And uh, the doctor told me, and uh, I felt a lot of guilt. Uh, that was uh, maybe my first time of, of of grave loss after my dad, and I feel like I wanted to kill myself. The suicidal ideations began at that point. Um, I, I dropped out of school. I, I couldn't handle it. Um, so you didn't know, sorry, Nicole, you didn't know that your mom had cancer? No, I did not. Not until oh. I actually called, and the doctor told me she was actually um, dead on arrival. Actually, she... Uh, um, speculation was the guy that she was dating um she probably died at home and they tried to revive her or she was already dead but it, it was doa at the hospital wow. um and the the situation around that was hard because the guy she was talking to just came in found her on the floor i guess she was had got out the shower and came from a shower and collapsed she had a, a um a, I, I want to say a heart attack she had co uh, complications from her cancer um that affected her heart so uh, I guess she was coming from the shower. Um, she felt that something was wrong, tried to make it to the phone. She didn't make it and collapsed on the floor and died on the floor naked. He came in, covered her and called 911 and he left her. Um, I, found that out after, I found that out after the fact when I talked to him. Um, so there was definitely some hate, uh, uh, some discord between me and him. Uh, that was kind of always that between me, him, and my brother um, because of the emotional strife that he caused my mom. Uh, so when I found that out, I 
dropped out of school, moved in, moved to Texas, took a year off, uh, came back, kind of got myself together, um, started working for the state in like 2005, and then I graduated 2002, matter of fact, yeah, 2002, with no family. My best friend was here at the time, but he left because he was going through his own issues, and I helped his sister send him back to New York, and I was like, why did I do that when I needed him the most when I just lost my mom? So that was double guilt because I didn't have anybody except for one friend that showed up to my graduation. Um, no family. And then 12 years later, after I graduated, uh, no, well, no, 10 years later, I went, I went, I went and rolled back in school KCC because I wanted to uh, make a better life myself and leave the state because I was tired of the job with the kids. Um, then in 2013, um, after not speaking with my brother for like 13 years, being estranged from him, I found, I got a phone call from my sister-in-law, his first wife, but they're divorced, but I still call my sister-in-law that um, my, no, no, I'm sorry. My, I think my cousin called me, my Hanai cousin called me and then my sister-in-law called me. And at that time I found out that my brother had passed away. So that was a big break. That was because my brother was such a, a strong force. Um, uh, he exerted a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, strong energy, but positive energy. We, we butted heads from time to time, but, um, it was just a, even though we didn't talk, it was the thought of him being there, um, that he would live forever type of syndrome in my own mind. Um, so that was difficult. Um, at the time that I found out, I was working on a case brief for um, one of my legal classes, and I, and I actually had um, a midterm that next day. Um, so we're finding that I didn't really have time to like stop and go. I had to like keep going, going, going. Um, so I... Uh, Went to school the next day, turned in my draft, uh, aced my midterm. Two weeks after that, uh, after pretty much busting my butt for like two semesters, I uh, was getting inducted into the Honor Society, um, fighting at a Kappa. So, and then I never even stopped going to work. I was still going to work after that. And then handling my brother's death here from Hawaii and then finding out um, bits and pieces of his life from the, from the, um, the mortuary guy because nobody really knew my, he wasn't really talking to my, to my cousin, but like in spurts and the other lady that he was with, he was actually, uh, they were kind of on the outs and kind of had their own thing going on. And he was actually working his way back to her, but he didn't make it. Um, come to find out uh, through the mortuary guy where they went to inspect him, inspect where he was and what happened. Come to find out he was talking to this white girl and the white girl left and went to stay with her family, but the family was like, oh, because he's black, he can't come and stay with us. So my brother died alone in a, in a, in a shed in the woods, like a dog. Um, I don't have anything of his belongings. She went and sent it to me. I have like pictures that I just kind of got over the years. Um, and, and this was like in 2013 and I've been going, going, going since then. So I think um, last year until now is when I actually uh, started mourning my brother. Um, so November and December is very hard for me. Um, uh, the anxiety attacks come um, even from like just past relationships, from, from the emotional abuse. Um, it's, it's, it's very intense. Um, again, I wanted to end it again. <laughs> but uh, I think that one thing that people don't understand that go through depression and have suicidal ideation is that, uh, that, that we're not weak. They see us as weak, but at the end of the day, um, I think it takes courage to end your life. 
Um, and that's with you having uh, grown up in a church or religion or even think about your family because you think that people who go through with it, they think they're at their last end of their stream that they're, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to tell him about my issues that I'm a burden on my family. Um, but for me, I didn't have any family. He, he, he was my, he was my everything. He was the last. Um, and then the other side of that too, is that you're also courageous because you want to live. You want to live to see the next day and see what the, and you want to kind of fight for your life. You want to fight through that darkness. And I chose the latter um, because for me, although I'm not a churchgoer, I am spiritual. And I believe that if I end my life, I'm going to be in limbo. I'm not going to be able to see my, my, my family again. And, and for me in the afterlife, I don't, I don't want that on my conscience. Mm -hmm. um, so prayer and massage therapy and just self-healing um, through Reiki, um, massage therapy saved my life. Um, the people that I met, uh, that I've met in the past two years and even, um, women speak, um, that I've shared recently in our last meeting, I I've received more, I've received more support from people in the past three months or six months that have encouraged me and empowered me than people that I've known for, for like years or that I'm close to. And I think for me, that's what, that is what keeps me pushing forward. Um, because I know that I have people that love me and care for me. And ultimately, um, I found my purpose. And my purpose is to empower people, not just only women and women of color, um, but just anyone who just needs that extra, that extra, that extra boost, extra pat on the back, because I've been there um, feeling like I'm nothing and no worth and low self-esteem um, and that no one loves me. And why, why am I here? So through prayer, I pray, what was my purpose? So now I know my purpose to healing, to help people uplift and empower and encourage. And um, that has made a major difference and um, just, a world of images, body image, self-love, um, and just self-image, self-esteem, and my positivity overall, prayer, and um, and and massage, Reiki, um, healing, the ability to heal, to heal myself. That's amazing. I think that's important. Some of the things you touched on there, suffering only comes when you're thinking about yourself, and so when you're in that space of your loss, not to diminish your loss, of course, because that's, that's your story. Mm -hmm. um, when you go through loss and you think about yourself, like that's where the pain comes from. So for you to be able to switch that and focus on how can I help other women and other people, like that's where the power comes from. I think that's incredible, you know? Thank you. Um, what has been your biggest lesson that really losing your whole family, right, has and even you wanting to take your own life, mm -hmm. what has been the biggest lesson for you out of those experiences? Um, to not take life for granted. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then to another uh, uh, loss was loss of friendship um, mm -hmm. that I didn't touch on. I had friends that I, I had known for, for since I was like 18. That was uh, the one person I was very close to. And then others that like adopted into their family. I was at babies first. Like their daughter almost died from lupus. And um, another one, her mom was going through cancer. And it's like, all they, they, just, they just all ditched me because they were too busy to give the time to me mm. to help console me. And I was like, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow when you just lost your last member of your family, your friends ditched you, you're, you're in school and you're trying to maintain that grade because you know, your mom sent you out here to go to school and you want to make your mom proud. And that's your second win of all your, of your multiple midlife crises. Um, so it's, it, it's, 
uh, to appreciate life and to and to truly live, um, and to and, and to actually sit back self and, and to and to do a self evaluation as a what the hell am I doing with my life? What am I going to do with my life? What what can I do with all this loss? and then turn into something positive. If not for me, maybe for something else. Maybe my story can help somebody else when they're thinking that, oh, well, it was me, my life is terrible. But you still have a family. I don't have a family. Um, all my family died when, when, uh, when, I, was, when I was a baby and then in, in, my, in my latter years, at least you have a family. So I help people realize that although you think you've gone through the worst and you think you're at your lowest, you have a family. You have a support system. Even if you're not close, you can still reach out and touch them and tell them that you love them. And the second thing uh, that I realized is that success, um, all the accomplishments that I had, um, all, I got like two degrees, I got a national certification, I have uh, at least two binders full of, of certifications just locally. And um, uh, I'm, I'm licensed, I'm my, I'm my own business owner, I'm doing different business ventures, meeting amazing people, um, pretty much achieved all my goals socially and, and, and for confidence wise, but it means nothing. Success means nothing if you don't have anyone to share it with. It's like, you can't take money to the grave and you can't have success. I mean, people say they're happy, but truly deep inside, you're not really happy. And that is probably one of the, the, the most valuable lessons that I, that, I, that I took away from that is that um, is, is, is just, just, just take everything, not, not as a grain of salt, but just appreciate what you have and appreciate the people that are in your life. Um, to share that with that's that's the ultimate success you surviving all of your trauma and your loss and you're able to live and to talk about it to empower other people that's so incredible and I just want to talk about something really quick um, that you made me think of and that's how I think so often when somebody in our life is going through a loss like that we feel uncomfortable just sitting with their difficult emotions um, like you said, you lost a lot of people in that process because they didn't know how to support you. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can help us with some tips on how so how people can support someone who's going through a loss like that. Um, I think ultimately, um, just to be around. Um, if you can't physically be there, a simple phone call, a simple text um, holds for me, just as much power as just physically being there. Um, just, just the little things that count, show, show that you care. Um, take out the time out of your bitchy schedule and just take the time to just be like, you know what, I know you're going through a tough time, I love you. Um, I'm here for you. And don't just um, override um, people's emotions. Um, for, for, the, for the sake of yours and don't justify it saying, well, oh, I'm too busy to do this and that when you've been one of those friends that's been there for them through all those years. Um, just, just little things like that. Um, just show that you care. Even if, for me, even if I didn't want to talk to anybody and I wanted to be, a, a, be to myself, that's dangerous, especially for someone that um, has come and other people close to them that they have had suicidal ideations before. Um, we see it now that uh, hotlines coming up, popping all the place. We have we see posts on social media on Facebook. Hey, if you need somebody to talk to, I'm here. Share this post, like this post if if you agree with me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think um, through all the celebrities and just just regular normal people that have uh, have ended their lives, I think it has brought an awareness of of depression. And, um, and of suicide, that it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much uh, of, of um, wealth that you have, 
it doesn't mean anything because we also have issues because we're human. Um, ex ex just extend that that comfortability that um, that you're there for that person because some people don't want to tell the depression. I get like that um, even still yet um, because it is that burden. My brother was like that. My mom was like that. Um, and I found it like after the fact. Um, but I, I think too is that the stigma on depression um, and suicide, especially depression, it makes it hard for people who are depressed uh, clinically or just going through the woes of life. It makes them hard to talk to people about it. So they feel like they're alone and they feel like that's their only out is, is the end of life. Um, so I think awareness and just people taking the time out to just give a rip about their, about their loved ones, be in their face if you have to. I'd rather, be, I'd rather have you in my face and knowing that you care enough about me to, to stay on this earth than for you just to, to, to further add to my isolation and then boom, I just in my life. And then it's like, oh, well, I didn't know she was depressed. I mean, she said it, but she said she was gonna kill herself before, but you know, she, oh wow, she finally did it. You know how crappy that is? That you're part of that that void that you could have filled or you're part of that you could have stopped someone. I stopped my Hanai mom out here from um, uh, committing suicide. I had actually called her and um, she was actually about to pop some pills, um, some of her medication. And I called her and um, she said, you know what, baby, I'm glad that you called me because mom was about, mommy was about to kill herself um, because so many people had just crapped on her and she just felt like so unloved. And again, um, the commonality with this is that people don't want to burden others. But you know what? Confrontation ain't always bad. Sometimes it's good to get up in people's faces and be like, look, I need you. I need help. Um, look, these are the signs when I crash, when I start lashing out at people, this is a sign. Like, I need help. And, um, uh, recently and women's got touched on that that I felt that I, I mean I have like roommates and we're and we're and we're close but I don't feel that they were really there um you know in my own home I felt like a stranger in my own home and and sometimes uh family and friends ostracize you and make you feel like that you don't belong and we need to stop doing that so awareness and just being there just to summon yeah. all up for people um that you know have that Wow. And I kind of want to shift into more of um, a forward-thinking thought and what your vision is for your practice and how you, I guess, imagine and envision continuing to help women in this regard or in the self-regard and the body image in that kind of realm. Um, well, for my, for my massage therapy practice, um, my vision is to um, continue to reiterate how important um, self-care is and that it's okay to take time out for yourself and it's okay to uh, step back and kind of and kind of look at your life and look at what's going on and kind of uh, get rid of the people that aren't um, uplifting to you the who aren't encouraging yes. um, encourage people to maybe examine or investigate other other means of medicine and self-care um the holistic um lifestyle has definitely helped me um uh uh detoxing um uh for, for us uh yoni steaming I've, I've really gotten into and it's not just um a detox for our flower but it's a detox over overall because it helps you um kind of take the, take that moment to get within yourself and to to kind of get in your feelings and it sheds it because our flower is it, just not our stomach and our brain it's, it's, it's the basis of our emotion as a woman and if that ain't healthy the rest of us honey is not going to be healthy 
Um, so, so I mean, I mean, I mean, just for just as part of, uh, yes, 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 girl. I want to say it. I didn't know if I could because I was talking about neckiness earlier. But yeah, but yeah, but that's what it is. And now you know when I go to these events, I say it loud and proud. I'm like, yeah, I be pussy popping. I be like, you know, twerking and stuff, and, and they love it. And and I'm so boisterous. Um, I make it okay. I mean, because it is okay. Um, but uh, examining other means of 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 alternative lifestyles for 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 the medicinal the medicinal side. I definitely encourage it because people are saying you got to take pills, you depressed, you got to, no, do some oils, um, uh, inhale th that goodness, go out for a walk. There's other ways to, to get out of that funk that is self-care, not just like right? going to the yeah, not just going to the gym, not just eating right. No, honey, there's other facets to that. Go to the gym. If, I mean, if you're into that, uh, even if not go for a walk, uh, um, what I found just walking on grass and walking on sand, it opens up and wake awakens so many senses. You know mm -hmm. that saying, um, uh, uh, don't forget to smell the roses. Do it because it de it definitely makes a difference. I mean, uh, don't 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 open your mind up to it to a lot of more alternative ways of of self care. Um, in, a, in addition to that, for self image and body image, just just do what I do. I mean, you don't, people just don't realize how brightening or, or, or how enlightened it is if you just go up and be like, hey girl, I like your dress. Because women don't talk to other women, especially in, in the black community is like, because especially within our community, it's so much competition and so much um, lack of uniformity. Um, I think it's like that with all women. Yeah, but, but I mean, but yeah, but for us, for like for the black community, it's like it's like tenfold. It's it's terrible. Mm. Um, but even women, yes, competition. And I think that what we lack is that um uh, that we have like so much power to uplift other people just by saying, "Hey, girl, hey, I like that dress. Ooh, I like that hairstyle. Girl, you yeah. is really slamming that dress." We're afraid to compliment um other people, especially um uh humans of the same sex. But, but we got to get away from that um because that aids in the lack of lack of compassion and the lack of love for self and other people and just being just standoffish and, and just negative energy. Um, so for that, I, I, tr I try to do it every day. Even when I go to work, I, I, I try to make people laugh because laughter is, is medicine. Laughter is, is just a beautiful thing. Um, and just combine my practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so combined with, with my with my practice, just just try to do that every little bit every day. Try if possible, I try to make it a goal to talk to at least one or two people, man or woman, and just be like, say, give them a compliment. Just because you never know what people are going through. That that little uh, compliment might make their day. They might have had a bad morning, and that could just send them in a total upward spiral. <clears throat> Absolutely. So before we ask you our final question, I just want to ask if there's anything that maybe we haven't touched on or a question that you wish more people would ask you that you would like to share before we ask our final question. Um, what people would ask me. Um, or just any final thoughts that you would like to share. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would say, uh, people will ask me more about how massage can benefit their benefit their life mm -hmm. and how does it fit in with self-care and how important it is and um just other ways uh alternatively or holistically um that we can balance ourselves out and and strengthen our foundation and be strong for not only ourselves but for our families or whatever projects that we're putting our energy into um overall in summary um just surround yourself around people that you want to be like 
and I mean positive people, people who are supportive, especially if if you have goals um, and you have dreams, no matter what age you are or no matter what you're going through in life. I mean, I've seen people like 60, 80 years old going to college, getting their BA. Um, never give up on on hope. Once you start dreaming, to me, your life is over. You got to have something to strive for and to fight for. And I think, um, uh, like Mother King said, keep hope alive. And that's a big statement. Um, keep hope alive because you keep your dreams alive. A, a set a step a simple goal for like every day, something uh, something that you can like uh, look forward to. Um, for me, it's um, being social. I'm talking to people and um, being part of, of Women Speak. Um, my, I look forward to working out with Randy, although some days is, it doesn't work out like I like we want it to. But um, people who push me and they recognize um, not the potential because I don't like that because, you know, um, but recognize the, the power that I hold and how special I am. And sometimes I don't see it in myself, but people around me, they'd be like, oh, Nicole, you know what? You're special. You're a goddess. You're a queen. Like, I hate to see you this way. Um, surround yourself around people that are, are positive and motivating. Um, and if you feel low or depressed or you feel like you're just about to be pushed over that edge, reach out to someone that you're close to, um, someone that you're comfortable talking to. Um, uh, set boundaries um, in regards to your energy, um, uh, especially um, nudging or uh, negative um, affirmations or negative talk. Stop that cold turkey um, because as it, it, it takes it's, it takes longer to build up your confidence and get to where, where you need to be. And it takes a short amount of time to knock somebody down and, and to kill their confidence. And I've, and I've experienced that just in, um, the ladies and women speakers was Randy has, has noticed that. And they, and, and once people start taking your joy and they start affecting your professional life or your money and your blessings, that's when you have to step back and reevaluate yourself and to, and, and to kind of reevaluate re those boundaries and to set those boundaries. And since I've set those boundaries and um, kind of opened up the communication a little bit more and talked a little bit more about why I am the way I am and um, uh, why I'm so emotional and why I dislike this or that, it's, um, they have a better understanding. So um, open communication is okay confrontation. It's just a type of confrontation that, that you um, kind of uh, throw yourself into. Lovely. Thank you. And the, our last question for you is, what are three things that you could tell women that they could do now? What actions can they take now to uplift their lives? Um, positive affirmations. When, when you wake up in the morning, Tell yourself that that you are beautiful, that 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 you are love. I mean, we're all we're all we all come from God, so I, I believe that we're all God's children. So of course, we're made of love. We're, we're taught to hate, and we're taught to hate ourselves. Um, so tell yourself positive affirmations, like look in the mirror. Take take that five two minutes before you get up and go to work, and put that 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 fake face on. Is what I call it. put that makeup on to start your day. Um, actually, sit in the mirror and like look at yourself and already uh, out um, any um, uh, negative um, uh, negative thoughts and just learn to love yourself as a whole and accept yourself because how you view yourself is how other people are going to view you so if you view yourself as like a loser or i'm fat and um i, I can't do anything and people don't like me people are going to like you people are going to see you as a as a as a fatty um you know uh 
people are going to see you as as worthless if you see yourself as that if you don't respect yourself no one else is going to respect you um and and lastly if you don't know who you are and you don't know your purpose, I encourage you to find it because that makes a big difference. Um, it plays a big part in um, your self-esteem, your self-image, body image, and uh, just overall how you see yourself. Um, don't give in to the, um, uh, the societal conditioning. Um, don't let society dictate who you are and how you should be and what you should be and what you should do. Um, society dictates our whole life, like what you should eat, what you should wear, who you should be, um, who you should hang around. And um, we, we need to work on that. Um, we need to focus more on what we want and our own values and beliefs and um, being an individual in every sense of the word um, and not concentrate on the word perfect anymore because it's a myth and it's an illusion. Um, without a, a, a different perspective, is that there's no such thing as perfect, even though we believe that our flaws are make us imperfectly perfect, but what exactly is perfect? What is your definition of perfect? Um, what is your purpose in life and how are you going to be, and how, what are you gonna to do to be the best you? I love it, I love it. <laughs> we just wanna take a second to acknowledge you for all of the amazing work that you are doing in the world and empowering other women to love themselves by really healing themselves. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing your story and for being so vulnerable and open with us and with our listeners. I know that this is really going to be such a powerful episode. So where can people connect with you online? How can they get in touch with you? Um, they can um, uh, connect with me on Facebook under Nicole Vicks. N-I-C-H-O-L-E, V as a cough medicine, I-C-K-S. And then let me get my Instagram. I never know my Instagram. That's so sad. <laughs> and I'm okay. always you on it. Link your, well, it'll link your Instagram and your Facebook in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's, those are the two, um, the, the two things I'm on, social media I'm on, Instagram and, and Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been such an amazing episode and so wonderful to talk to you, Nicole. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nicole. And Thank you, ladies. All of our listeners just love this episode and please go and connect with Nicole and go let get a her know. If you're on Oahu, make sure you connect with her so you can really get the experience of her healing energy. Yes. All right. Thank you, Nicole, right. so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. Bye. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with us. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. To continue the conversation, follow Catherine and Randy on social media. Our links are listed in the show notes. We can't wait to share another powerful story with you next week. And until then... Stay uplifted. Stay uplifted.